0: Almost 10 years after winning independence from Mexico and a long controversial diplomatic struggle, Texas was annexed to the United States. On February 19, 1846, during that same month, the first Texas legislature convened. January 10, 2023, marked the 88th convening of the Texas legislature. There have been a lot of changes over the past 177 years. But this experiment we call democracy still endures. Today we have 150 state representatives and 31 senators in Texas. The Senate is far less representative than it should be. About 70% of its members are white, 23% are Hispanic, and 6% black. The 88th legislative session will have 53 women, 45 in the House, and only eight in the Senate. In this episode of the Latino Business Report, our guest is Claudia Orvas, a young Latina state representative from El Paso, Texas. Claudia is a second-term lawmaker on a mission to advocate for her district and to serve the people of Texas despite the obstacles she faces. Representative Orvas is young, a woman, Hispanic, and a Democrat in a Republican-controlled state. Ready to face any challenge, this young political gladiator suits up every morning to face the challenges of the day. She is a voice for her district and for those who feel they have no voice. Welcome to the Latino Business Report. This podcast covers business, people, and issues of the day From a Latino perspective, the Latino Business Report is brought to you by TAMAC, the Texas Association of Mexican-American
1: Chambers of Commerce. TAMAC is the leading Hispanic business organization in Texas since 1975. Now for your host, J.R. Gonzalez.
0: And welcome to the Latino Business Report. Today, we're very fortunate. We were in the busy hallways of the state capitol, and we caught up with Texas State Representative Claudia Ordaz. Claudia, how are you doing today? from el paso texas from el paso <laughs> texas state representative
1: thank
0: you for having me. well thank you so much for making the time i know you're very very busy we're going to kind of keep this go through a lot of information quickly but first of all you're a state representative of el paso congratulations but this is your second term this isn't your first one right
1: that's right. It's my second term. It feels like I've been here much longer, though. Jr., I'm not gonna lie.
0: And prior, like, and pr- <laughs> yeah, I know it can get that way. And prior to being a state representative, you were the uh, mayor pro tem for the city of El Paso, and That's one of the. Right. And from what I understand, one of the youngest elected officials in the county.
1: Yes, when I first got elected, not anymore, and I'm far from that now. But yes, when I, thankfully, yes, when I was. Uh, Elected, yes, I was the youngest elected official in the city of El Paso at the time, and when I took office, I it created the first ever female majority on city council, which is, which is great. You know, I mean, we have a lot of work to do here at the state of Texas, but I was happy that in El Paso, um, I was able to be part of making history that way.
0: Well, and you must have been because right now, to me, you look like you're about twenty three, twenty four years old already. Anyway, so you must have been very, very young. <laughs>
1: You're smart, Jr. You're smart. <laughs> I should be you a politi- I should be a
0: politician, right? Well, should. we have the Texas legislature going on. It just started the session, and there's a lot of stuff going on, and a lot of people may not realize the importance of what happens in the state legislature in the state of Texas that meets every other year. So, yeah. as a representative, can you kind of just give us a um, a thirty five thousand foot view of of what a state representative does? During the legislative session?
1: You know, that's a very good question. And in it, and it's just, you know, when I first got here, folks used to tell me, you know, it is like drinking through a fire hose and it, and it truly felt like that the first our first session, you know, there's, there's close to my gosh, on average, like 5,000 bills filed, um, you know, every legislative session. And like you said, we meet for six months, every two years. So that's a lot of work that needs Mm -hmm. to be done in in such a short amount of time and dealing with an array of issues, whether it's um, issues dealing with small businesses, whether it's education, higher education, whether it's our roads, whether it's our schools. There's so many issues that we have to look at, so many people that we have to talk to. Um, I mean, these, these halls right now are just buzzing with people. There's people coming in in my office each and every day. It feels like every couple minutes or so people are coming in talking about a different issue and so there's a lot of issues that we need to tackle but it's important i mean this is the great state of texas so we have to do all that we can to ensure that we are looking at every at every issue that's going to impact and help all texans right um and in in el paso you know for me you know like we're the sixth largest city in the state of texas uh but we are so far away jr imagine trying to make that drive like oh I've I've made home
0: the home? drive a couple times yes I know yes. how far away you are
1: <laughs> yeah it's a long long drive am I, I go so, am I in
0: Disneyland yet I mean I've been driving I, I long know. enough
1: it is it is it's quite a trek I mean we are a stone throws away from Mexico being a border town and I'm just a few minutes away from New Mexico so it just shows you know um just how big the state of Texas is but you know for the constituents I represent I mean they're they are hundreds of miles away. So when they elect us to do a job, you know, that, that, that weight that we carry is, is heavy because we want to ensure we want to do all that we can to represent our community. Well, you have a responsibility
0: um, to your, to your we constituents. Do.
1: We absolutely do. And it's funny because my first session, my, um, my chief of staff, Christina masters, um, she's incredible. She asked me one time, she's like, what do you, what sense or what is that feeling that comes over you when you look at that when you look at that pink dome, when you look at that building. And I just felt this immense amount of just my honest question, my honest answer was just that pressure, knowing that there's so much weighing on this. I am so humbled and grateful. And it's such an honor to represent um, you know, the constituent my constituents in El Paso. And it is something I do not take lightly every day. So when I think about the work that we do, I mean we have to be 10 steps ahead. We have to work twice as hard because not only am i a woman right mm-hmm. working in a male dominated industry but i'm also a brown woman right Latino, So it makes, yeah. and i'm a democrat it's like all these things you know so we have to work extra hard to ensure that we can pass all the things that we need to pass to ensure that we're doing the best that we can for our communities
0: wow now this isn't a even though it's six months out of every other year it's not a nine-to-five job
1: Oh my gosh, no! I mean, Jr. On on good days, on good days, you're at home like at eleven o'clock at night. On good days, I mean, but there are times when you're on the house floor till two, three a.m. in the morning, and things are just you know, in May, May is just everybody's irritable, everybody's just tired, ready for it hungry. to be over. You. <laughs> you know, cold because the house floor is so freezing. By the way, you're just you're just an uncomfortable mess. You know, towards the end of session, and you work so hard on your bills. And you're seeing them die or you know the stresses of seeing them pass i mean it is it is nuts here and you it's really living in a bubble like you you know you you get entrenched in this environment and just focused on all the inner workings of what's happening underneath this dome that you know there's there's life happening outside the, these this capital but you know this is just our life for the next six months i mean it is it is nuts it's nuts i mean jr you've seen it yeah um you know, so it's, it's good that we're, we're talking about it and people, but, people know.
0: Yes, I've seen it back in the old days when I was much younger and uh, much more capable, if you will, with to hold up to the pace. I, was, I used to work in the legislative session. I was, I was on the, right. the Senate side back in the day, and, yeah, it, it is hectic. So, uh, Representative, when do you start your day? About what time? What time do you start in the morning?
1: That's a very good. So I have I have I have a strict routine, and I and I want to get better with this routine to help with my sanity and help me just be be better. My first session, I just again drinking through a fire hose, didn't know mm-hmm. how to get into the the swing of things, and then I was JR. I was part of the COVID class, so yes. it was a very very different session. I mean, you had masks. I mean, we had um, we were testing every day. Um, the Capitol was pretty much closed for a very long time, plexiglass everywhere. So it was a very different session as opposed to like now where just these halls are just buzzing with people. I mean, it's, it's, it's significantly different, but I did learn that I do want to be better with routines and ensuring that, you know, so I'm up probably like, I would say like six in the morning and then I have to have my super greens in the morning. Just, you know, just an an opportunity, just kind of reflect, think. I pray every single morning. I cannot do. I cannot start a day without praying um, and doing my daily devotional. And then I'm trying to do some gym thing, like I'm just some gym thing, some workout try thing. Try to stay, try to stay healthy just, physically.
0: Some,
1: some physical thing. I have my dogs with me here, um, so I take them on walks every morning. Um, you know, so I have to. I have to think about that too. And then you get into the office, but you're already on your phone answering emails one of my first calls and my chief of staff, just kind of checking in to see how how things are going. And then we start our day. But it is different every every day. Um, like today we had nonstop meetings. We're going over our legislative agenda, um, you know, tackling each agenda. And I mean, each issue that we're working on is part of our agenda. And it's a lot of work that just goes into one bill. Because not only you have to work with 150 members, there's also the Senate, and there's also the lieutenant governor, there's also the governor. And then you have the you know your your constituents that you have to report to and then you have stakeholders that you want to get feedback from and so on and so forth so there's um it's a lot that goes into just one bill <laughs> so um it's it's really it's really a lot of work oh well, and yeah, once the bill if it, so if
0: the bill is fortunate enough to pass pass out then you have to deal with it on the senate side and then it goes. Yes, and then exactly. it goes and, the thing starts over and then it gets to the governor, then the governor may or may not sign it. So yeah.
1: Exactly. It, exactly. It's exactly. crazy.
0: So is it safe to say then during session, you're putting in an average probably about what 14 to 16 hour days easy?
1: Oh, absolutely. 100%. I mean, and and everything here is about relationships. It really is. Um, because I mean, without that, I mean, it is, it is nearly impossible of really, at least for me. Um, and I'm naturally a people person. So I feel really good in that role. But it's a lot of you know, a lot of people that you really have to get acquainted with, a lot of conversations you have to have. But it is it's it's a lot, yes, JR, it is a lot of work.
0: Now, representative, (laughs) you strike me as a knowledgeable, well educated and smart woman. So why the hell do you do this?
1: it's it's service you know it's I mean, like this you know, is the, service
0: to the 10th power yeah. i mean that's a lot of and, and and you get okay you do get paid by the state so in all fairness our tax dollars are going to pay your salary and you make what six hundred dollars a month to do
1: this yep that's right six hundred dollars a month <laughs> to do this job but i promise you it is it is gratifying okay. and it, i'm telling you it's a tremendous honor my so my family I came from a military family. Every one of my uncles served. My grandfather served. Um, you know, so service to me was ingrained in, at an early age, and so I wanted to carry that on to serve my community in any in any way. I can't imagine doing anything else. I really, I really can't. Aside from public service, that's all that I know, um, and it's all that I want to continue to know God willing. Um, but it's uh, it really is. It, it truly is um, a a beautiful job stressful yes. but it is it is incredibly gratifying and rewarding well i'm glad <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm glad you find it rewarding because you do a great job at it and thank you for being there i know that uh, last session you were um, on some committees the business and industry committee and you were also part of the uh, team that passed at 400 million dollars to help small businesses during the COVID session so thank That's you right. f- thank you for that
1: 500 uh, million Close, yeah, four hundred
0: million, million. Excuse me, four hundred million, and um, and then as we look at it going into this legislative session, what there's a state surplus of thirty three billion dollars that are sitting That's there. That's right.
1: Yes, God. I mean there's, you know, there's a lot, and there's a, there's so many people. I mean, there's so many, there's so many issues that we need to, to fund, right? I mean, we we're ensuring, and our communities need that funding too, you know, for whether it's whether it's education. Continue to support, you know, our our small businesses. That bill was such a heavy lift for us. I mean, it was um, something that I truly cared about. I mean, you know, my dad was a, a small business owner. Um, and so and there's so many small businesses that and are still really suffering and reeling through what happened in COVID. Um, so I work closely with the governor's office and their economic development department to get that fund moving. So we're really thrilled. That that program is established and it's going to be a revolving loan fund for my you know uh, that really um, benefits micro businesses and that's something that's a, a new definition that's now added in our code that that is for employees for businesses that have employees uh, twenty and under or, or your sole proprietor. Yeah, so- and that is
0: great. That is great because before, if you were when you talk about small small business, that could be a mom and pop with two or three people up to yep. five hundred.
1: Yes. I'm yeah, like, that's I mean, not and five hundred
0: in my mind is not a small business. I mean, that no. is so yeah. No, and,
1: and they were I mean, and the, the mom and pop got the shops, they were struggling, you know, with those PvP loans. I mean, they don't have general counsels on their staff, you know, to help with you know, to help figure out the these the legal jargon and all these applications for these PvPs. I mean, that's why they were left out. So that is why we passed that bill to help ensure that small guys we're going to get. And don't get, and don't get me started prioritize. on
0: who was left out because there's a lot of people left out yeah. and a lot of that money went to some of the big guys that probably, in my opinion, didn't even need it, but they definitely right. took advantage of it.
1: They definitely did. So we're, we're happy and thrilled that they're going to be um, prioritized um, in this, in this pot of funding. Um, and it's twofold, whether it's, um, you know, low, low interest loans, because we know access to capital is important. Um, and also, you know, for you know, lending institutions that lend, you know, small businesses, um, these these funds, and for whatever reason, there's a, they, they default. The second part of the program will help recover those funds. So it's twofold, but it is going to be a revolving loan program that will continue through the years. Okay. So we're we're really happy about that.
0: And the representative, I know it's early in the session, but have you gotten your committee assignments yet?
1: No, we actually so. Your 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 listeners can't see anything, right? They no, no, this, this is okay, audio well, only. So this is my committee preference card, right? That has okay. that I'm filling out, and I'm going to turn into the speaker. Um, and so it's due next week, and so we'll probably get those committee assignments, either, you know first week of February or second week of February. So we're all anxiously waiting for these committee assignments.
0: So what, the Senate's
1: came out today. Yeah, so I saw that. I
0: saw the Senate came out today and, and uh, definitely saw uh, Senator Menendez and some of the others on some of the committees that there are some of the business committees, education yeah. committee. Look forward to working with them as we look forward to working with you and continue working with you. But what committees are you putting in for? What what committees do you hope to be on?
1: You know, Jair, the, the smart answer is I'm happy to serve wherever I am. The politically <laughs> like correct answer. I'm just
0: here to serve. Okay.
1: <laughs> I am No, but really, I am really here to serve. But I do really want to ensure that we're doing all that we can um, for not only El Paso, but just border communities in, in, in general. You know, there, there's a lot of talk about border security. Border security, mm-hmm. border security. That is at the forefront of whether it's Republicans or whether it's Democrats, I do believe there is a way for us to all agree on border security. It's funding border security, but a smart way. Right. I mean, there's so much potential at our, you know, in, in our in our communities like, like El Paso. I mean, the workforce, <clears throat> the culture, I mean, so much economic prosperity, um, being so close to Mexico. I mean, billions cross through our ports um, every year. So how are we ensuring that we're crossing goods faster, smarter? How are we ensuring that people are crossing smarter? And so there is a way. I do believe there is a way to find a bipartisan solution to what's happening at, at the border. And I want more people. I mean, dare that is my thing. It's like come to El Paso. See El Paso. See what it's all about. Please don't listen to this this rhetoric that's you know, that the, the border is dangerous. I mean, we're one of the safest communities in not only in the state of Texas, but across the nation, because we have every single law enforcement agency, all boots are on the ground in El Paso. Right. And so it's just, I, I want to ensure that we're telling the right story when we talk about the border um, and ensuring that I do my part to do what I can to represent and, and be that voice for, for the border and El Paso. And so the International Relations and Economic Development Committee I'm great. I, I loved serving on that committee and I hope God willing to serve there again. Um, and so we'll, we'll see, we'll see, we have 27 new members. So there's a lot the of turnover yeah. in the house. Uh huh. So there's going to be a lot of moving and shaking. And so we'll see what happens, but I'm, I'm I really though. A, and at the end of the day, happy to serve wherever, because I'm such a nerd when it comes to, I just, <laughs> I, I love these. You get an opportunity to really delve into issues that you never really would think you would delve into before and you learn so many things. And so I'm such a nerd when it comes to that. So I really am just excited just to get to work really.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad because somebody has to, and you were also on the uh, what business and industry committee last session.
1: That's right. So, business and, and, industry. and
0: great. So, you know, and a lot of people don't recognize, I mean, business is important. I mean, we have a very healthy economy in Texas. There's room for improvement, but the success of our state Depends on the sustainability of our business and our small business owners to keep yes. to, to keep going and, and, and producing products and, and, and be an integral part of the state, which in turn is a part of the country. And then there's the fact that there again, you know this, but Mexico is what? Our second largest trading partner in yes. the world. I mean, how, yes. can, how even though there's border issues, you cannot ignore our neighbor to the south. Yes. That is our second largest trading partner in the world. And you need
1: to just go around here and go to every single office and remind every single office of that one fact, because gosh. it's true. It's, it is true. It's true. true.
0: And, and especially here in Texas, uh, Claudia, and you see it. I mean, we're now over 40% of, the, we, Latinos are now the largest population in Texas, you know, yes. and they were what, 40.2, what the census said, and you know, we were undercounted. We're probably a lot more than that, but we were, we're always undercounted.
1: One hundred percent. With
0: that, and you know, where I think whites in the state of Texas is at thirty eight point something or thirty nine. Latinos are at forty point two, and then if you were to look at if you were to get all the Latinos in the U.S. and if we were to be our own country, we would have the fifth largest GDP in the world, the fifth largest GDP. We have, and the population is growing. Look at the average age of the Hispanic in this country. We're twenty seven, twenty eight years old, and the average age of, of a you know, a white person or people are is averages in their, in the mid forties already. So we're younger, childbearing, a lot of good Catholics, lots of kids, you know, we have out there. I mean, we are the workforce. We are the workforce. We're part of the future. So ignoring, future. yeah. And that's why I'm so happy to see people like you, you know, representatives of you, young, Latina, vibrant, committed to public service to represent. But even that we're still very underrepresented in the house and in the Senate. When it comes to elected officials and I'm not talking about partisan politics because we need Hispanics in on both, you know, the the Republican and the Democrat side. I mean, whether you're Republican, I tell people, I don't care if you're Republican, you're Democrat, you're libertarian, vegetarian, get involved, get involved and vote because we are
1: absolutely right. And I mean, I'm constantly talking about representation, not only for Latinos, but also, you know, women as well you know, you're absolutely right. We I mean, we just came off a redistricting year and Latinos made up the largest growth. And so what does that say? Like you said, we're, we're young. I mean, and it's just, it, it, that trend is going to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. But the issue is that when you look at our elected officials, that is not represented. When you see, when no. you know, especially yeah. when I'm, I'm going to talk to, you know, I'm, you know, I'm there at, at career day and I'm, you know, trying to talk to these kids and trying to encourage them to to really think about a life in public service. And when you talk about those numbers, I mean they're staggering. Like for, for women too. I mean, we make up over, you know, fifty percent of the voting population. But my gosh, like a third of us are actually represented in the house. It's better now. That was last session. Now we have more women representation, which is exciting. Um, but there's a there's a lot of work we need to do. But then when you look at Latinos, I mean it's 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 dismal. So, and it's not reflective of all the growth that we saw in the state of Texas over this last census. So, it's a lot of work to do. We got to do our best to ensure that you know public service is 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 a great career opportunity. And you don't need to be, you don't need to be an attorney. You know, you don't need to you know study political science or government. I mean, I serve with a a wide array of people from business owners, a lot of small business owners here um, in the Ledge. I mean, doctors to I mean, veterinarians too. I mean, you could be an expert in a number of fields and and still serve because in the house you can you can do that. Like like we spoke about earlier. I mean, we only meet once every two years, so you have to have another job on the side, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we just need to encourage Jr. We have a, we have our, our work cut out for us. So we need to get more Latinos to represent. Right.
0: Office. And 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 to the point, and um, just going back to some. High school uh, civics lessons here. There's what you have the Senate, which is yeah. what what 31 31 members. 31 of members. 31. But the That's House right. is made up in in direct correlation to population. So the numbers of the House will fluctuate, and in Texas, they're just growing larger and larger. How many how many state representatives do we have nowadays?
1: I know. I it's just, it's too many. It, 150. It's it's a just, lot of people. It's a
0: staggering number, <laughs> and it's like oh gosh. Um, what is it? Is like like watching the sausage being made. Sometimes when new laws go into effect, so it's it...
1: <laughs> molasses. I say moves like molasses uh, yeah. here, <laughs>
0: and yes. and it's interesting in the state of Texas. I mean, we're very unique. We have a lot of things going. But I was kind of uh, before I before this uh, podcast. I did a little bit of research, and and representative, did you know that it is illegal in the state of Texas to shoot a buffalo from a second story win- hotel window. That's that's still on the books. I, find I mean, it's it.
1: completely understandable. I mean, that is that is such a common sense measure, Jr. I mean, you know, you know... I mean, if you're in a
0: private residence, you can shoot out of the second story window <laughs> and shoot a Buffalo. But if you're in a hotel, you know, they're going to charge you a hotel occupancy tax fee or something. I don't know. You know,
1: JR, I'm going to totally use that analogy because there are so many bills that we've worked on that we say, this is such a common sense bill. And I can't get... You know, like I was like last session, I was trying to protect communities, especially Latino communities. It was an issue that happened in El Paso. Keep the, Keep, uh, you know, medical waste facilities from from operating in the middle of the in the middle of the neighborhood. I was like, this is common sense. I'll totally get this done. And <laughs> common you know, sense. Like,
0: common sense is exist. not that common. It but is yet, not that common.
1: But yeah, what was the stat that you just said that we're not able to shoot a buffalo from a second story? I mean, come a on. A second story window of
0: a hotel. insane. well, here's another one for you, Representative, that um, in the state of Texas, it is illegal to milk another person's cow.
1: You know, lay off my (laughs) (laughs) cow.
0: That law, I think, is utterly preposterous. But, you know, we won't we won't
1: go. There's so many law. I mean, there is so there are so many. I mean, archaic laws on that, on that wow. book. I mean, it is, I mean, have you seen how, how, yes. <laughs> how yes. many laws we actually have? It is insane. God, I'm God bless Texas. You know, we,
0: we need it. Bless, bless our hearts. The great state of Texas. Well, as the great state of Texas. So what is on your, I know you haven't, don't have your committee assignments yet, but is there anything in particular that you're passionate about? I know you have a passion for a lot of subjects and I just want to touch base on one of them before our time runs out is predatory lending. I know, absolutely. and I know your story a little more than most, so if you don't mind, would would you mind just sharing with, with listeners yeah. why that is so important to you and how that yeah, has no, directly absolutely. affected your family?
1: Absolutely, and that is a bill I'm going to be filing every legislative session until I can get it passed, and I've made some movement, but there's a lot of special interest in, in the state um, when, it, when it comes to predatory lending. You know, and and I'm grateful for all the work that you all do really I I am because you all are helping, you know, not only small businesses, but you know, but Latino owned businesses, my dad was a small business owner. Um, and you know, I mean the stats for small businesses, I mean, one in five fail within, you know, what is it? The first, um, the first year. Right. Um, and the, the, the statistics are even worse for, for minorities my dad fixed TVs for a living. I remember it was Texas television and I remember helping my dad. He was, taught me all about circuits and, and helping me, uh, help, helping teach me, look, looking through his workbooks and so on and so forth, you know, but, you know, running a small business is is hard. Um, and and especially for Latinos, you know, to get into a traditional banking system is 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 difficult. And sadly, a lot of Latinos end up heavily relying on on hard on hard money. Um, And sadly, my dad got wrapped up in um, getting some help from, you know, from a predatory lender, you know, they're they're practically on every corner. They're like, you know, fast cash now. I mean, when people are just really hardworking families, really just trying to put food on the table. That's really what my dad was trying to do and just needed some help when he when he fell on some hard times. And these lenders, my gosh, yeah. I mean, I didn't understand at the time I was in high school um, when, when he was struggling, but you know, when you get a loan, I mean, you're looking, what do you, what's the first thing you look at? I mean, you're looking at the interest mm-hmm. rates, you're looking how much you're going to be able to pay off, you know, in, in the upfront, so on and so forth. These predatory lenders, like those fees are wrapped up in these loans. So they're going to get their funds regardless. And they target minorities military communities and students and el paso has that and sadly my dad got wrapped into it sadly we we filed for bankruptcy when i was a junior in high school had no idea why until i looked into to the books and to the finances when i was in college and learned all about this industry and just how upsetting and how many people were wrapped up in that same cycle of debt that is so so hard to get out of i was thankful i was you know i worked in high school you know at a young age Saved up for college. In college, I I worked throughout, um, I worked a part time job, and then when I was out, you know, of of, of uh, college, you know, I saved up enough to to pay off their debts and was able to finally get them into, you know, uh, their their first home that they could they could own, and it was one of the most gratifying things. That one of the first votes I took on city council was to ensure that we're going to protect consumers, that we going to we're going cons- to protect small businesses from these harmful predatory lending practices. So I thought, well, why don't we do this in the state of Texas? And, you know, it was, it was, it's such an uphill battle, sadly, because there's a lot of interests, special interests, that are directly tied to, to predatory sure. lenders. And, you know, instead of protecting consumers, I feel at the end, of the end of the day, we're hurting them. And so we're working on a bill, and it's the same bill that we, we filed last session, I was hopeful was it was going to get out of committee. It did not. I'm hopeful that it may get out now depending on who's on that committee, but it pretty it was it was reasonable. It's during a declared disaster and you would cap the interest rate at 30%. That's it just during a declared disaster.
0: Wow. A 30% cap?
1: Yes, and that's 30 30% percent 30% are. 30% Jeez. and and when I'm talking to some of my colleagues on why they wouldn't agree with something like that, you know they didn't agree with the cap and i'm like okay well then tell me what's a reasonable cap 100%
0: well to me 30% cap is outrageous i it's mean high.
1: To- i mean you wouldn't get a credit card for 30% right now would you God. i mean that this is this is this is the frustration this is the frustration that that we have to deal with and it's just we are just trying to protect hard working families at the end of the day that are really just trying to put food on the table that are really just trying to help you know uh, contribute to our economy you know make a living you know it's not easy running a small business i mean your viewers are like nodding their heads absolutely and so it was it was really upsetting when when i couldn't get that bill even passed through committee i did have a hearing so i hope that this next session i mean this upcoming legislative session you know we will at least try to get it to the house floor and we'll see but we're going to work on it well, what, we're going to continue I mean, on okay. it
0: okay what other obstacle I mean what's the resistance i mean what i'm not Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm stuttering and stammering here out of common frustration. Common
1: sense, yeah, I remember. Common what sense is not common that sense?
0: common. Common sense is not that common. <laughs> but how can any reasonable thinking person, you know, not want to put some sort of cap on predatory lending? Because, I mean, not only does that affect, affect the individual who, unfortunately, has that loan, but, I mean, there's a ripple effect because that family, that business, I mean, it's a... Every individual, every small business is vital to the economy and the sustainability of our great state of Texas. And, and we're right. very fortunate here. We're very blessed. But something like predatory lending is just that, predatory lending. I cannot imagine why a legislator, a fellow legislator, would, would not want to vote in favor of something and let it die in committee. It makes no sense.
1: Yeah, we call those special interests in the state.
0: <sighs> okay. Well, let me tell you what. This, <laughs> this session, Representative, you file that thing. And I'm here. Our group of, of, of Hispanic business owners in Tamak, we're here. We will we'll go to the table. We'll drop cards. We'll give testimony. We'll do whatever. Because I mean, that is just wrong. That is just well. It's wrong. filed
1: already. It is filed. Okay. And so let me see if I can get that bill number for you so that y'all can follow the the movement on that bill. But I'm really just excited to see who ends up on the on that pensions committee. So it's HB. 1384 1384
0: do you have any co-sponsors on that
1: not yet we're going to wait until the committee assignments come out and then that's where we'll strategize to see if we can get members on that committee to actually sign on at that point we're trying to be strategic on how we can get this uh passed um through through that committee and into the house i mean It's a, it's a tough, it's a tough bill um, knowing, you know, how many people have a vested interest in this, in this one issue. I mean, we're going to keep working on it.
0: And on the Senate side, is there a companion bill or anything over there yet or you anticipate one?
1: Yeah. We're, we, we have a hopeful that we're, you know, whether it's a representative Blanco or or someone else, but um, we're hopeful we can get a companion sponsor on, on this. And so we'll work on it both ways. Let's just see what what happens. happens. You You need a, you know, what I say, I'm like, you know, it's it's a, a lot of hard work, a lot of prayer. I go light my candles. That's when I'm in, like, power prayer. <laughs> we need that here, JR. Start
0: a bonfire with all the candles we need to light. Jeez. I know. <laughs> but, uh, well, we will be watching that. I know there's, um, you know, literally, for those who are not familiar with the session, I mean, literally, thousands of bills are going to be filed. And only so many will make it through committee and get out of committee and never get to the floor. So, I mean, It's a process, and I'm really, sincerely, uh, Representative, I, I take my hat off to you, and I, I really respect and admire you and the other colleagues that you work with. Not that I always agree with some of the other colleagues, but that's okay. I mean, that's what makes this, this country great, difference of opinion. But especially when it comes to uh, we definitely want to be keep us informed and do what we can with the border issues. I mean, it is, I mean, I was born, I was born along the Texas-Mexico border. I'm I'm familiar with it. To me, it was just the everyday life going back and forth. And yes, we have issues, but what's really frustrating is the demonizing of the Mexican border of, you know, that you see on the national news and the narrative. And a lot of people who are unaware of what's really going on, for lack of just not having the information, buy into some of that stuff. Uh, yeah. As a result, and I think you and I may have mentioned this before, I've always been a, a, a proponent, an advocate, if you will, of a, um, a guest worker program. Let's get yes. folks over here. I mean, we we do not have enough employees in Texas the anyway. Bracero
1: program, bracero program. Yeah, I mean the old. So... Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, uh, model off yes. the old bracero program back in back in World War II. I mean, but if a guest worker program were to come over here, where people were were registered they were vetted you know who they are they don't have criminal records come in and work for a period of time be able to go back between the borders freely on the weekends and and use the money they make here to build their own businesses or or a better way of life in their own countries and you're not going to have as many people wanting to come here if in fact this situation changes for their own country but you know
1: best practice model it really really was i mean i was really such a fan of that program um and it's so unfortunate i mean it's just like uh, it's just hampered with like these ridiculous and expensive regulations i mean it's just it's so restrictive with all the laws i mean we could be doing so much better and that is such a great incentive right and i think if we really actually sit down and have those conversations that is a bipartisan solution if we do it right
0: yes you're right and and um, I hate to do this, but I'm, I'm getting a text message from your chief of staff because there's supposed to be a hard stop on this. But is there <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to say? And I'd like to invite you back at another time because to kind of keep up with what's going on in the session. I mean. Yeah,
1: you know, I'm excited to to work with you and your group. I told you y'all are y'all are one of my favorite groups because you all are really that voice for for Latinos, for minorities, and in, the, in the small businesses, the people who really need the a whole lot of help, especially coming through such a tumultuous couple of years through COVID that, that we're still reeling through as we spoke about. And so I can't thank you all enough for the work that y'all are doing. I'm looking forward to you providing testimony, your members providing testimony. And I will keep you all apprised of just the inner workings of what is is, is you know what bills are coming up or something we need to look out for where, you know, if your members could call and advocate oh, absolutely. On, on absolutely issues you know, but I would love to keep you all updated. Like you said, there are thousands and thousands of bills that are filed every legislative session. It's hard to keep track of all of them. So please use me as a resource. resource. I want to come back, talk to your viewers, give them updates, give me bills that you all want me to, you know, talk about. And I will let you all know where it is, the politics, all the cheesement. I'll give you all there the you cheesement go. Of there my, you go. behind it. Um, but no, please count me in as um, one of y'all's biggest fans and I will definitely continue this throughout the the session
0: well likewise and just let me leave you with this thought representative just in case that it does come up in the session that um technically it is illegal to go barefoot in the state of texas unless you have a five dollar permit you need to purchase a five dollar permit to legally go barefoot in the state of texas so
1: where can i go get that permit (laughs) What is this? Oh my gosh! It's so bad. It, it's oh, crazy. all those laws. And I mean, you should actually, you should actually um, print a write a book. You right know, <laughs> you should because I mean, not. I mean, I didn't know that. I mean, how many laws are like that? How many of these archaic, right? antiquated right. laws are out there like
0: that? Well, I, you know, I, I appreciate your time, and to the listener, especially um, the ones in Texas. I mean, we very appreciate what you and if you're listening and you're outside the state of the Texas. This is happening in every state, across every, every state house in the country. We need more representationship, not only Latino representation, but I'm a believer that your house and your Senate should reflect the people it serves. And we don't have that parity. There's still minorities and people of color are definitely underrepresented. We've got to work to that. We have the population. It's, it's, it's moving slowly. But, um, Representative, uh, you have been there on the, on the vanguard. Uh, thank you very much for what you're doing. We look forward to hearing from you again. And uh, your chief of staff is, keeps on hitting my cell phone, so I'll go ahead and let you go. And ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Latino Business Report. Once again, my name is JR Gonzalez. We've been here with Texas State Representative Claudio Ordaz from El Paso. Folks, we got to go, but thank you for listening.
1: All right, JR. Love you guys. Thank you.
0: Today's guest was Texas State Representative Claudio Ordaz. From El Paso, Texas. If you like what you heard, leave us a like, leave us a comment, and we'll be sure we get back to you. You can find Latino Business Report anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you're not a regular listener of a podcast, you can find us at latinobusinessreport.com. And you can also find our entire library of episodes on YouTube by the same name. Be careful out there, it's a crazy world. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, it is still illegal in the state of Texas to shoot buffalo from the second story window of your hotel. Have a great day.